Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Gray. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our great friends over at Scentlock. Got to spend a lot of my time last week at ATA in the Scentlock booth, and uh, I'm excited. Not necessarily new products, but uh, new fit to a lot of their, their, old, their older products, and so I'm really excited about the new fit um, on a lot of their products, um, but guys... What really sets Scentlock apart is their carbon technology uh, for maximum odor absorption. Go check out our friends over at Scentlock. They are phenomenal. I have a special guest. I've got Nathan Crick from Identical Draw. Nathan, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, I'm pretty good. Um, in the middle of um, show season, and me and yep. you were just talking uh, kind of about the the uh, the craziness that's going on right now with show season, and I got to apologize. Um, I, we made an announcement last week that you could tune in today and hear the full rundown of all the new Trophy Ridge accessories um, that we recorded uh, with the Trophy Ridge en- engineers at ATA. There was a technical difficulty on that episode, and uh, so we that episode had to just kind of be scratched. Um, we will come back to it, and uh, so look out for the next couple weeks. And uh, we will still give you the full rundown on the uh, the Trophy Ridge accessories, which me and Nathan will talk about them briefly. Um, but those guys really went on the ins and outs of, of the build and the technology that went into them and, and all that good stuff. So make sure and stay tuned in because we will come back to that episode, just not as soon as I wanted it to be. Uh, Nathan, give us a quick introduction to yourself. I know you've been on the show before. Uh, give us a quick introduction to Identical Draw and kind of how you guys got to where you are. Yeah, so I am the co-owner of Identical Draw, along with my twin identical brother, Thomas. Um, and we, uh, we've been at this, um, we're going to be coming up on our, our sixth year in uh, March. But uh, yeah, so we do um, a bunch of outdoor content. We are primarily bow hunters. Uh, we will occasionally pick up the shotgun and go after a turkey or pheasant. Um, but yeah, we are big time bow hunters. We have uh, family property in Kansas that we, uh, whitetail hunt. It's 80 acres. Um, so that's, that takes a lot of our time. We focus on a lot of management down there. Um, just making the wild, wild life better. Um, and that's, that's a big part of our YouTube channel. We have a Kansas city land series. Um, and so yeah, whitetail hunt a ton during the fall, work with awesome companies like bear and trophy Ridge to, uh, to help them, uh, produce some awesome content. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just grown over the last few years working with more folks and um, going on some awesome hunts here and there and uh yeah 
Now your show um, is actually on Bear Archery's YouTube, correct? Yep, it's uh, we have we have our own identical draw YouTube, but then we do a lot of we have a lot of episodes out on the Bear Archery, um, Bear Archery and Trophy Ridge YouTubes as well. So that's a good place to find us, also. Guys, I, I just want to encourage, like, if you haven't checked out Identical Draw on social media or um, on YouTube. Their content is top level, like top notch, incredible, incredible quality. Um, like, and, and I don't say this any negative way. Like, I don't even care how good of a hunter they are. Like, yeah, <laughs> their content is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, now you add them being good hunters and putting deer on mm-hmm. the ground um, as well. But, but outside of that, like, they're worth it just because of their content and their their quality of content. It's phenomenal. Um, so, so really, really good job. I mean, they do lay down some giants, which we're going to do a season recap here in a minute. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to, to recap your season. Cause you guys did, uh, put some great deer on the ground. Um, but beyond that, the, 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 the quality of the content that identical draw puts out is second to none. Um, so really I would go check them out. Um, speaking of that, let's, let's dive into, um, Let's dive into season recap. Yeah. Um, you guys had a pretty successful season. Um, I don't like that you're identical because yeah. then I'm like, okay, which one is that that killed that deer? Right. Um, <laughs> no, uh, walk me through your seasons. You guys had, had a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we really had a, uh, like, to be honest, our September was just tough. Um, and it wasn't from a lack of trying. I mean, we put in, I bet we put in, 20 days in September chasing, um, public land mule deer in, uh, Nebraska. And man, we just, we just could not, well, we made a mistake, but looking back on it, we really, it wasn't a mistake because we've hunted opening week in Nebraska before, um, for muleys out West. And I mean, we've had incredible hunts, but this year, man, I don't know if the word got out or what, but the pressure opening week in Nebraska for mule deer archery was absolutely insane. I mean, you just couldn't get away from guys. And I mean, like I've been on like busy hunts where you're seeing guys every once in a while, but you could still like find that area and stuff. But like, I'm talking everywhere we went. Um, I mean, we covered hundreds and thousands of acres of public. And I mean, usually within a half hour to an hour, we'd be have guys blown up in our spots and stuff. And, um, man, it was just like the frustration was real that week. <laughs> um, so we kind of bailed off of that after mm, we at least gave it like a solid six days. Um, and we're just like, man, we got to come back later time. Um, then we hunted, we hunted, uh, again on some different property, um, more in like the middle of September. And we got definitely away from the people a little bit more, but just finding the deer. Um, that was actually a, a permission farm that I, permission ranch that I got. I just called a bunch of landowners and I mean, awesome, awesome um, group of people that let us hunt their place. But, um, they also are huge cattle ranchers and we were noticing significant, um, significant impacts on the units that had cows. They were just no deer in the cow areas. And then, um, so that was, that made that property a little tougher to hunt, but, um, yeah, so September was tough, but man, our Kansas ground, we, uh, last year, um, neither Thomas nor I killed a buck in Kansas. Um, but we had, uh, our buddy Spencer Newharth from meat eater. He came down to the property last year and he shot a buck in December. So we killed one off the ground last year. And this year 
I killed a buck in November, November 5th, um, rattled them in. It was, uh, like the tip, the tips weren't crazy. Um, like you had a little cold snap, but I think, I mean, it was maybe low forties that morning and, um, November 4th, the evening before we actually set this new stand and, uh, man, it was just money. It was like the most vocal, like grunting I've ever heard. Um, and that morning we saw three different bucks, uh, one shooter, the one that I, that I shot and they were out at 80, 80 yards. I was grunting at them. They weren't doing anything. I hit the antlers together and immediately I saw him turn, but he went into this really thick cover just, um, to the, the West of us. And man, it was like five minutes had gone by, 10 minutes had gone by and me and Thomas are chatting in the tree. Cause he's in there with me. He's filming and, uh, we're talking and all of a sudden we just hear like a couple grunts and we're like, Oh man, he's, he's gotta be close. So like I'm reaching for my bow and there he comes right out 40 yards, comes all the way around us to our South. Um, and it starts like angling right towards us. I'm like, Oh man, he's going to come right down the pipe at like 20. Um, and then he makes a sharp turn to head East and that's like to get out of there basically. So I, I grunt stop him. He's at like 40, I think 40, 41. Cause I'd already, already, already ranged it draw back. And I sent one right through the lungs. Um, and so that was my buck November 5th. And then, um, we had a couple more different filming gigs. We had to go film a new hunter hunt in Colorado then in middle November. And, oh man, it was wrecking us. Cause we were just watching, we have some cell cameras down in that Kansas ground and we were just getting picks like nobody's business during those days. Um, so we were like missed out that opportunity, but we had a great, great fun hunt out in Colorado with the new hunter. Um, and then we came back and man, before we knew it, it was like, it was December and, um, our Kansas property, man, it's only 80 acres, but it is incredible bedding, incredible timber, just great cover. Um, and we've worked the last few years with our timber management, opening up some of that area and getting some sunlight there. So it just makes incredible bedding habitat. And, uh, late, late, late December, we also just get a whole new batch of bucks because we leave, we have three acres of food, um, acre and a half of beans, acre and a half of corn, and we leave that standing, don't harvest it. And that man, it just attracts the deer like crazy. So we get a whole new batch of bucks. And, uh, so there are some good ones for, for Thomas to chase and try to fill his tag on. And, uh, December, I think it was December 17th. We had a super good hunt in our corn, which everybody thinks, man, late season food sources are money. And that's the truth. But when it's like 50 degrees out, it makes it less attractive. <laughs> so oh my gosh, that yeah. was such a struggle, man. Oh, such a such struggle. A struggle. Yeah. I remember hunting one day. It was like December. I think it was even a little late. I think it was like December 20th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I'm a little further South in Kansas than you are, but, mm-hmm. um, my daughter was like that. I really want to go hunting. And I'm like, it's 70 degrees yeah. like in December. Um, I mean, we're, we're getting ready for Christmas and it's 70 degrees. And, uh, I just didn't want to go, <laughs> but no, it, it was, and I want to get into that here in a minute, but, but keep yeah. going. Yeah. So basically, um, after that, we were like, okay, there's like a, there were like a, two or three days in the last, like two weeks of season that we were looking at, we were like, okay, that's a cold snap actually like gets into the twenties. Like we're going to hunt those days. And the 17th was like starting to get chilly and the, the 18th of December was like our cold day. And I was like, okay. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to be this morning. 
we got a good north wind and we actually hunted the spot that we had no blind we had no tree stand we were like all right we know it's good we know it's a super good bedding with some travel like some good some good paths in there and uh so we snuck in there um and man we didn't have anything for the first hour and a half and i'm and we're again we're just on the ground tucked into some cedars here and there um and thomas is actually like kind of behind and to my right because we're expecting the deer movement to come from that way um but i look up at one point and i see some like a flash of white in front of me probably 30 40 yards i mean it's thick like it's cedars and buck brush i mean it's hard to see through and uh so i, I turn back to thomas to be like hey i think you might see something just like kind of whistle at him just like get his attention i look back and buck just staring into my eye sockets at i mean 30 yards and of course the camera is in my hands but like on the ground kind of like i wasn't holding the camera up so i'm like okay like i need to be able to get this camera up kind of at least somewhere where i can see it and get it above this brush and i'm also having to stare off with this buck and i mean i've hunted enough i know where like hey if you're in if you're in a standoff with the deer you just gotta don't move like don't try anything you just just wait it out so i mean it's like probably at least a good five six seven minutes that is just like a standoff like he's like like trying to figure us out and he's a, he's a big buck big mature deer <laughs> and so we're like if we get a shot at this deer we're going to take a shot at this deer and so finally he like starts he like forgets about us and i couldn't believe it because i was like man he's gonna blow and get out of here and so he just like kind of puts his head down keeps walking on that path i get the camera camera up start filming Tom tries to grunt stop him at one spot, like 35, doesn't stop, keeps walking, 40 yards comes, and he uh, he grunt stops him there and puts one through him, and he fell in sight. Um, totally insane. A uh, couple things, I mean, killing a buck in December in the timber is like, <laughs> I mean, it's not heard of really. I mean, late season timber hunting is just like, it, it's so hard to catch bucks through there, but I mean, it was, it was an area that we did a bunch of timber work in. We knew there were good trails. We knew the deer wanted to be in there. Um, but it was also a buck that we had no history with, which is like, I mean, we've got enough cameras on that 80 that we really, we pretty much know like who's moving through. And um, I mean, not a single picture of that deer beforehand. Um, super solid. I think he's like, it just a, like a 10, um, really good mass, really good main beams. And we were trying to figure out, we were like, well, he's at least four and a half for sure. Um, possibly five. And so it wasn't until we took the, we took him to our taxidermist and he's like, Oh, he's probably five. And we're like, yeah, sweet. Okay. We thought he was at least four and a half. Um, and I mean, obviously we try to kill the most maturity that we can, but anyways, when we posted that video to the YouTube, it's on our identical draw YouTube page that hunt we had a, you can look in the comments and the guy was like, Hey, like I have pictures of that deer, <laughs> um, on my farm. I'm just like, it's six miles North of you guys or something like that. And we are like, no way. Like six miles in December. I mean, that's, that's a long way for a deer to be moving. And sure enough, he texted Tom pictures. It is that deer 100% six miles away. And, um, he sent us pictures of him in 2019 and he was bigger in 2019. Like he had some inside tines, some splits on his G2 or G3. Um, and so it took us from thinking this deer was four to five to for sure five, possibly six and a half. So just a crazy story there. Um, 
And then our brother-in-law, um, Tommy, he, this was his first fall hunting and we got him a Kansas tag. He already killed a doe in uh, November. And then same spot, 12 days later, we were back in that, that area with the North wind tucked into a cedar and man, it was, we had one of the craziest late season hunts I've ever had. Again, we had a buck come in that we have very few pictures of. Um, we might only have one or two pictures of him, just an eight with a broken G2. Um, and he shot him perfect shot. It was his first buck ever, which was just awesome. And he was, I think he was probably a three and a half year old deer, but for, for his first buck, we were like, Hey, whatever makes you happy. Like if our number one hit list walks by, shoot him. If a uh, freaking dink walks by, shoot him. doesn't matter. So he was super thrilled with a three and a half year old eight point. Um, and we did see our number one buck that morning too. So it was, it was a whole bunch of hectic, but yeah, I mean, I mean the best end of the season that we could have possibly had down in Kansas. I mean, all, all of our tags are filled three bucks. Um, yeah. And all those hunts are on the identical draw YouTube. You can check them out, but I mean, it was couldn't ask for a better, better end of the year. So now, you know, I don't know if there's any, it's hard to say because I mean, you're talking early season. I I had a lot of guys report back about rough early seasons, mm -hmm. and I don't know why. Um, you know, I don't know if it was just – I don't know. But here's what I want to ask you. I had a terrible early season. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You've got a rough start. What what kind of steps do you start taking to turn that around, to see the change, yeah. to, you know, to get back on track? Um, I'll tell you what I did, and it worked perfect. What I did, I had a super rough season. I, I was hunting a new property in Kansas, and it was more hunter error. Like, I just couldn't figure out how to hunt this property. Mm -hmm. And so, come, like, November 5th, I just pull out. Like, I just pull out of there completely, and I start doing observation sits. And uh, I had a lot of guys, like, dude, it's the middle of the rut, and you're not even, like, you're you're pulled out of the property where you're not even going to kill a deer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but, but I'm here was my issue. If I kept going in and if I kept chasing, I was doing more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Um, because I kept boogering up deer. I kept pushing deer out. And so I pull back completely, just pull out of there and, uh, do some observation sets. And, you know, I sure I had to take a week off of hunting three days off of hunting, four days off of hunting, whatever. But I gave myself a better opportunity for the rest of the rut and the late season, because I finally, for the first time I figured out where they were coming from, where they were going, and so I think if you're having a rough start to your season, the best advice I can give you is to quit overcomplicating everything, simplify it, and just pull out and see if you can see if you can get a better understanding of what's going on. Because sometimes mm -hmm. we just try to way overcomplicate everything and it gets us in bad spots, it gets in bad predicaments, and we 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 mess up. And yep. so simplify it down, pull out, I mean, get back to the basics of of food cover and water mm. and in the in the rut you know sex um yep. simplify all those things down and then go back in with a new plan of attack right. you might have to give a couple days hunting a couple days of hunting but it's going to make the rest of your season more productive so what did you guys do what kind of steps did you guys take to kind of you know rewrite that season turn that season around right so i'll kind of split it into two things like um, on the public side of things Thompson, I realized the only thing that is keeping us from killing deer is the pressure. That's it. It's the people. So we were like, okay, we need to eliminate that. And we're not going to eliminate that in the first 10 days of the season. So we were like, let's get out of here. Kind of like you just like 
back off. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not going to help you being there. Just back off. Um, and that was the craziest thing this year. Like usually we hunt during the weeks and it's, it's busier because people are working. But this year was like the first year I was like, man, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it was just packed. So we were like, okay, the only thing that's hurting us is the pressure. So we just backed off. And again, we went later September and we went into October and we were like, the deer are here. Like we knew they were going to be here. Just like the one factor that kept us from being successful was the people. And once we got rid of that, it was great. Um, so that was kind of our adjustment with the, with the public side of things. And I also, I mentioned like I called 25 landowners in one day in Nebraska and I got one. Yes. That gave me permission to 20,000 acres. Again, a lot of it was had cattle on it, but I mean, we still found deer out there. So just being like, just adapting and just wanting to not getting stuck in your bu bubble of frustration and not being able to find deer because there's, there's still possibilities out there. And then from the whitetail side of things, this year on our Kansas ground was super strange. Last year we had massive deer, like, super mature deer we had a deer that was easily over 200 inches um but this year man we like it was like three and a half year old two and a half year old um a couple four and a half year old my deer that i shot was for sure four and a half year old taxidermist thinks it might be five and then thomas shot his of course i already talked about five to six year old um but they're like the amount of mature deer was limited um but thomas and i like we had a lot of awesome sits in october but we were like man we're just like not we're not seeing like the mature buck action on camera or in the stand. We were seeing three and a half year olds every sit, which is still awesome. I mean, that's, and if I, if I saw that in Nebraska, it'd be a freaking phenomenal hunt, but in Kansas, you're like, man, you can expect a little better. And so what we did in late October, which a lot of people would freaking punch me in the face, but we walked a lot of the property and we moved cameras. We found fresh sign. We didn't stay in our normal private land stands that we've had set up and we've used through the years that, I mean, we've had success out of, but we were mobile. And if you look at the deer we killed, the deer I killed was from a stand that we moved the day before. The deer Thomas killed was, we had no stands. We had no blinds. We just went in there because we knew it was a good spot. There's fresh sign. There's amazing, amazing bedding cover, amazing travels. And we, we killed a buck, like, that we'd never seen. So we were obviously in the right spot for movement through that property. Um, so it was just being not getting stuck in our private land rut of, Hey, this is where we sat before. Um, and then man, in late October, we moved cameras and man, I like, it's tough for me to do because I understand that if you want to hold deer, you need to like really get out of there and be smart about it. So walking the whole property kind of freaked me out, but it was the best thing we could have done because our camera activity flew up our hunting activity was way more successful. Um, and we did like, we weren't completely dumb about it. Like it was a, it was a time in late October where it was, I think it was in the twenties sometime in late October. And we were getting like the next day and a half was full on rain. So we were like, okay, let's make some serious moves right now. The rain will hopefully eliminate any of our issues and we'll be good to go. And man, once we did that, we were good to go. So I think, I think a lot of it, like kind of what you were saying is like not getting stuck in your ruts and like also just just thinking fresh ideas. Like what, what, what do I need to be finding right now? Hey, it's late October. I need to be finding fresh, fresh sign. Like give me a couple scrapes, give me a couple, like some rub lines that like I could try to hunt along. Um, just make add up as many pieces to the puzzle as possible to where you finally put it together. And again, like when I shot my buck, we went from not seeing like much to, wow, this is insane action. So, um, yeah. And that's the, I talked to so many guys and they're like, well, it's hunting season. I got to, I just, I just got to go out there and hunt. 
and I can't give up a day or, or three days or whatever. And I just wish that I could get people to understand, like, I know that you're giving up two or three days, but all you're giving up two or three days to get rid of frustration. You're giving up two or three days to quit boogering your deer more and, and to really understand the lay of the land better or, um, to travel to a new property, whatever. Um, I, I know it sucks to give up that two or three days, Nathan. I ended up killing a deer. Uh, everybody was like, I can't believe you're pulling out. I can't believe you're, you're backing mm -hmm. out of that property. And, uh, you know, they had seen some of the trail camera pictures like, do you got to get in there? You got to get in there. And I ended up killing a deer, uh, evening after I went back in. So I took two days off to just do observation sits. And I was like, you know, it was almost like a gotcha, you know, now I know. And, right. uh, and so I move in, pop up a ground blind and kill the deer the next day. Um, yep. so I, I know, like, I know it's hard to say, I'm not going to hunt. I'm going to pull out. I know that, but I promise you, I promise it'll be, it'll be for the better. It'll make your season, your, your season better. If you'll just take the time to do it. Definitely. I think it helps. I think it helps the mental game and it also just helps, um, giving that place a little, a little breathing space and just like giving some, some fresh ideas and thoughts is I think sometimes makes the, makes the difference. And I mean, also just, I mean, the, the deer that we killed, man, we were just specific when we hunted. I mean, the deer that my brother-in-law Tommy shot, I was like, he was supposed to work that day. I was like, Hey, like, if you want to kill the deer, like this is your last chance <laughs> because after this, the weather's done. Like I, I truly think this is our best bet. And man, you're covered up. Same with Tom. Like we had, that one cold day we were like, we need, it was actually, this is funny. It was actually my wife's birthday that I had to be gone for. She was giving me a hard time. And I was like, Hey, we are going to kill a deer. Like, and she hears that from me all the time. Cause I mean, we hunt 40, 50 days a year. And I mean, we kill a handful of handful of deer. And so she's always, she's always hearing that from me. And she's like, yeah, sure. You're going to kill a deer. And I was like, no, this, this day is good. Just like being smart about the days you hunt as well. I mean, you can, hunting you can hunt a lot fewer days and be successful than just like going in and just constantly being there so now real quick before we move on mm -hmm. i gotta share something with you guys that truly has not changed the way i hunt but changed the way i prepare for hunts mm -hmm. and that's seasonreport.com um i have spent a lot i spent 10 bucks on a lot of stupid stuff i'll just go ahead and tell you that but uh season report for just 10 bucks will change the way you plan your hunts um, go to seasonreport.com. You can use code hunting one Oh one, and it's going to make that entire platform just 10 bucks. But what season report is, is you can save each County that you hunt in across the state and, uh, and pull up all the season dates, bag limits, restrictions, orange laws, everything that you need is right there on one easy to use, easy to understand platform. And it changes the way that you hunt. It also gives you a calendar view so you can see every date um, and where they overlap with muzzleloader seasons or rifle seasons. You can see all of that stuff on one platform and you don't have to go through three or four different state agency websites and try to get through those clunky, hard to understand websites. Go to seasonreport.com. It'll put it all in one place for you. And, uh, and, and again, you can save those counties. So if I'm hunting in Oklahoma and I need to look something up real quick, I don't have to try to, to go through Oklahoma's website. I can pop that open. The county's already saved. I can see all the, all the laws, restrictions, bag limits, everything right there. Guys, go check out seasonreport.com. Use code hunting101, and it's going to make that just 10 bucks for the entire year. Thomas, walk me through your 2022 setup. 
what what are you going to be shooting for 2022? 2022, I'm going to be um, I'm going to be with the Refine EKO, which I've been shooting. Um, shot my buck with this fall, and then I've been shooting the uh, Trophy Ridge um, React Trio Pro um, for the last few years, and man, I just can't. I just can't leave that site. <laughs> like it is just, it is like really one of my faves. Um, and I just love the three, I love a three pin because it's not a single and it's not like, you're not staring at a bunch of them. Um, and it's super like maneuverable with how, with just with the range and stuff. Um, so that's that. And I've got the, the hitman stabilizer. I got a dual mount. Um, and then sync MD drop away rest, um, hex light quiver, so I'm, I've got the whole bear trophy ridge set up. Um, and then, uh, Thomas has been running the, uh, digital react. Um, he actually has shot both the, um, trio and the single pin. He shot his December buck on the 18th with the trio, um, which was freaking sweet. He getting, a, getting a kill down with that, um, with that site. Um, and man, we can, I know we want to probably get into that, but, um, setting up that thing was, was absolutely awesome <laughs> with, uh, putting in that aerial speed and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's my setup. He, he's also, I think Thomas is also shooting the refine EKO as well. So, yep. Now, given that, cause I'm a, I'm a trophy Ridge, uh, react trio guy as well. Mm-hmm. And got to play a little bit with the digital. Um, do you think you'll try to make that switch? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm totally open to it. Like I'll, I'll shoot either of them. Um, but man, the nicest part about that, which I mean, if, if somebody listening to this, hasn't watched the, uh, the, uh, video we put together in the trophy Ridge YouTube about, we did this time comparison between, um, a spot hog site and, uh, the digital react single pin both of them, both sides were single pins and me and Tom, we had neither, neither of us had sided in either one of them. So we were just like, all right, let's see how long it takes for each of them to get sided in. And it took me, I think just around 25 minutes to side in the, uh, spot hog. I think it's the fast Eddie or something. Um, and get it all dialed in. And then, uh, Thomas sided in the react, the digital react, um, single pin from trophy Ridge. And he did it in eight or nine minutes and he shot like, like six or seven arrows only and it was totally dialed um so doing that is insane um on that on that digital react if you don't know if people don't know about it you can basically enter your arrow speed you side in 20 yards and then you enter your arrow speed and then boom like you're you're dialed in like it's good to go which is freaking insane how fast you can get that dialed in um and i mean the thomas hunter with a ton i mean the battery life is insane um so that's not anything you got to worry about. And so I, I would, I would totally make the transfer there. And I mean, not using side tape is freaking sweet. Not having to worry about, um, that's falling off or losing it or needing to get new side tape or anything like that. And I mean, it's freaking sweet. They, they, they send turf Ridge does send side tape that you can set up on it after you get it all sided. And just in case, like in case that there was a malfunction with the battery or something or, um, but yeah, I mean, just for insurance reasons, but man, that, that react is awesome. Now my favorite part about the site, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the big picture of how trophy Ridge is going to how they made that site and how there were some functionalities on like the, the, 
not even on the digital side of things, but on the site that I liked way better than what they'd already been doing. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, don't worry because that's going to go over to the regular react as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I got really excited about that. I love the way, um, I love the will on that site. Um, very smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, we dive into all of these things really in depth with the trophy Ridge guys. Um, and I, you know, I'm excited for you to hear all that, uh, that goes into that, but you know, some of those things that, that I really liked about the site and I was like, holy cow, this is phenomenal. Like, yep, it's going over to the re- to the regular react. And I'm like, oh, great. And, uh, and then they're like, and then I'm like, well, man, I really like this part. And like, yeah, that's going over to the, to the regular, uh, trio as well. Mm-hmm. I've used the trio now for the better part of f- for, uh, five years, probably. Mm-hmm. And I've just fallen in love with it. And now you take it and put it on a digital platform. Um, I, I, it just seems like it would, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't want digital, I understand, uh, I understand that's kind of taking a, a, a big leap for some guys. If you don't want the digital, that's what, what made me most excited was they're going to take, uh, the parts of the digital that, that are just game changers and put them on the regular, um, trio as well. So, yep. I mean, really just a great showing from trophy Ridge this year at ATA and, and uh, they were the talk of the town at ATA, and and pretty much their the everybody was swarming around the ATA uh, or the the Trophy Ridge products at ATA. You got the new Versa Light Quiver, um, which is just phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of the Hex Light. You take that quiver, and it gets it even closer to the riser. Um, you can even mount it to the riser, and uh, it gets even closer to the to the riser. It's lighter. Um, you got you got more more functionality in it than even the hex light and it's just mind-blowing how trophy ridge does that and then you've got the shock stop stabilizer and i saw everybody um they did this little test and have you messed with that stabilizer at all i have not they did this little test and what they were doing is they were having guys uh hold a bow and hit it you know on the limbs uh, or, or at the top of the riser and, and they would just say tell me how tell me until it quits vibrating and they would you know that somebody would say okay it stopped and they would screw that that stabilizer on and it wouldn't vibrate at all and it was funny um aaron from the hunting public they were doing it to him and and he just said you really need to teach your guys in your shops to do this and they're like what do you mean he's like well if i walked into a shop and you were to do that i just bought that stabilizer yeah (laughs) a, a really good stabilizer um really sleek looking um, really clean looking. So I'm excited about really all that Trophy Ridge um, is coming out with. But but really, the digital stole stole the show for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see what it does. I was gonna say with that digital man. The I mean one of the I think one of the best features is I already kind of mentioned how fast you can get it um, dialed in, but also you can have you can keep multiple arrow settings in that site. So man, if like like if you hunt elk every single fall or big game, and then you go to something smaller where you want a lighter arrow, heavier arrow, man, like not having to spend the days of siding in like new side tape for a different arrow is like, that's just crazy how, I mean, you could have both of them in a click of a button just dialed in, which is freaking insane. So now that, um, I told you I wanted to go back and talk about, um, the warm weather mm-hmm. that we had in December. So what I found was, uh, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, 
I found that we had a, a really just one long extended rut um, because deer, you know, never had that big cold front in November to really kick them in. So, you know, I, I saw deer full rut. I mean, full on rutting, you know, December 10th, 11th, 12th. Um, and I really think it had to do with the temperature and I'm not a deer biologist by any means. Um, but I really think it had to do with the temperature and it never really getting cold. Um, what do you think about that? Did you guys experience or see the same type stuff? Yeah. Um, I thought like, I was actually really surprised. I thought we had in Kansas in our area, we had one of like the best ruts in the last like three years we've hunted. And, um, I say three years just because that's been as long as we've hunted Kansas. I mean, I, I think it was one of the better ruts. I mean, we, the calling was a lot better and, uh, I don't know. It, I, we definitely saw it extended. We get, I feel like in, like from where we are at, we don't always get that insane, like first week in November action. But I mean, this year, obviously we did, I killed a buck on the fifth, but then it was also super good late November which sometimes we can have really good days. Like I've killed a buck on the 22nd of November before that I grunted in. And so like, man, almost the whole, like the whole month of November was like pretty primo, um, in, in Kansas. And yeah, we totally saw that, but our, our cameras were telling us a lot of that because we, uh, we were staying off after I shot my buck with a couple other gigs and stuff. And I was like, man, they're still going like they are, they are not slowing down anytime soon. We had some, uh, like you were saying, we had pictures in December of bucks, like all out brawl and like on some of our cameras just fighting. And it's like, wow, there's, there's still feeling something. So, you know, used to, I think go back five years. And I really think that, like you said, that first week in November, you can almost always nail it down. Um, and it seems to me, and, and again, I think it's because we haven't been having the, the, the cold weather that we used to have here in Kansas, but I really think the peak of the rut has moved back um, a week and a half to two weeks um, on the normal. I'm really seeing it peak here about the 21st, 22nd, uh, like you said. Um, and, and that week before Thanksgiving, it really fires off like full speed ahead. Um, and so I really think it has taken a couple weeks shift and, uh, and changed a bit. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Like our, uh, the buck that we had roaming around our ground, um, last year, he was a freak of nature. I called the landowner that shot him and he was like, yeah, dude, I, he shot him, I think on the 28th of November and he got a shot at him because there were two bucks sparring in the field in front of them. And then this, that dude came running in. So I'm like, man, November 28th, it's almost December and bucks are still freaking feeling it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's extended. And I think, I mean, again, kind of in your boat, I mean, I don't know this, I don't know the science behind it, but man, it's, it seems to be warm temps, um, attributing to that factor, but. And, uh, you know, also I think it, it has to do with, um, you know, I think largely it is the, the temperature. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Um, because you hear people talk about, you know, you hear your, your dear biologist talk about how, uh, well, the best person I've ever had put it in, in terms I could understand, um, was Mark Drury. And he talked about how the rut takes place at the same time all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it's every year at the exact same time. 
Um, but then you look at temperature and you look at moon phases and you look at what's going on in that time. And that's what makes us think like, that's when you hear people at, at, at the bow shop saying, yeah, the rut's just not happening yet. It is. We're just not seeing it like we normally do based mm-hmm. off of temperature or moon phases or mm-hmm. pressure or whatever else. And then when you have those deer where the moon lines up and you have a cold front and you've got the, the moon, the, you have all those things line up. That's when dudes are like, Holy crap, the rut is on fire this year. Well, it's the same. It always is. But, but the, the other factors are making you think, man, it's really firing off. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I hear too. I mean, it's like, the, the daylight hours changing is what triggers those dose into estrus. It's what raises that the buck testosterone is just those days getting shorter and shorter. And so, yeah, that makes sense that it would be around the same time every single year. But again, if, if the weather, yeah, I mean, if it's 70 degrees, okay, they're going to be running, but uh, I'm sure they're not going to be running all day. Like they would be if it was 30, um, things right. like that, that, that just go in and out of your favor. So that's, yeah, that's, that's 100% true. Cause I mean, we've had the, uh, last year and the year before we had cold snaps like late October and the hunting was insane. But this right. year, late October, I mean, we still saw a deer, we saw some nice three and a half year olds, but I mean, nothing like the mature daylight activity that we had in those years. So yeah, I mean, they're going to do things pretty similar, um, based on that. Um, with the daylight hours and things like that, but man, you can seriously get some things in your favor or things to be hurt in it. Right. Um, now you guys know that I'm a huge fan of boning because of their Fred bear branded products, their wraps and veins. Um, but this week I spent quite a bit of time in the boning booth at ATA. They've got a new jig called the multi fletch jig. And, uh, it is a phenomenal jig. You can do four fletch, you can do three fletch, you can do left hand one, two, or I'm sorry, you can do left handed one degree, three degree helicals, right handed one degree, three degree helicals. You can pretty much fletch your arrows however you want with this multi fletch jig, hence the name. Um, <clears throat> they also have their new pocket quiver, which is just awesome. So, guys, go check out Boning Archery for all of your arrow building needs uh, as far as jigs and things go. Uh, all of your arrow building components because, again, I'm a huge fan of the Fred Bear branded products. Uh, but Boning Archery is the powerhouse and and wraps and veins, and their jigs are second to none. Uh, so, go check out Boning. Now that we've wrapped up season, what's kind of your your winter wrap up? Like, what do you do to start wrapping up the season? Um, moving into the shed season, moving into, do you run cameras right now? Do you not? Um, do you move cameras to put them on places where they might shed? Um, what kind of things do you guys start doing to kind of close up your properties for the hunting season? Yep. So we, we keep our cameras out. Um, we just move them around. We move them to food and things where we can get a good number on, um, who made it through the season, um, what our deer population is looking like, um, things like that. Uh, so that's, that's a big part of their cameras. We, with our crops, um, we will be, we leave our beans standing, but we, with our corn, we will mow over it strategically throughout the next few months just to give them, um, they really like it if it's on the ground mowed over. So, um, basically that, that plot, we'll just take down, we'll cut a new section of it every few weeks just to give them, um, just a consistent food source, especially if, I mean, January and February typically can be really cold. Um, 
So just helps him uh, get their energy back, get, get their uh, feet under him again after a, a long fall. Um, and then we are taking down all of our stands. We don't, we don't leave any of them up. Um, we have one ground blind that we already took down and then our stands throughout the property. We just like to take them down, keep them maintenance to keep, keep them out of the elements for the off season. Um, and then of course, kind of like I've already mentioned that, that 80 acres that we hunt in Kansas, um, it's all timber. So right now we are firing up the chainsaws big time. Um, always a lot to do. And we have a crazy amount of hedge trees on the property. Um, that if anybody knows they are the toughest wood, um, and they are just these big tangly trees, impossible to cut down. I mean, a couple hedge trees could take you an entire day's work. Um, they're that bad and they've got big old freaking thorns on them. Um, so it's, it's rough going, but that's Thompson and I are really trying to put a dent in that so we can change the diversity on our ground because a hedge tree completely blocks out the sun. So you've got like, I mean, just terrible cover underneath hedge trees. Um, and so we like to, we're, I mean, we're not going to take all of them out, but we're going to strategically start trying to knock down as many as possible. Um, and those are, those are full days running the saws. Um, but we, we love it. And that's, that's, I mean, we, we manage the property just as much as we hunt it. I mean, we spend a ton of time in the off season getting it prepped. Um, won't really do anything with our food plots besides, um, probably March we'll frost seed. We got a clover, small clover plots, um, quarter acre or less that we'll just, um, broadcast some seed over for, for those plots. And, and then, um, shed season, man, we love shed season on our, on our 80. We usually the last few years we've picked up anywhere from 10 to, 12, 13 sheds off the 80, um, which I think is a pretty decent number for that chunk of ground. Um, and keeping deer around, man, we like, I don't know if it helps or not. I think it does, but we usually try to get all of our timber work done in January so that February we can just like be off the property to hopefully have them drop during that February, March timeframe. Um, and so, yeah, we love, we love walking that place for, for sheds. Um, and yeah, that's, that's basically the off season stuff. I mean, man, shed season turkey season is going to be before no and we've 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 been seeing uh we've been seeing turkey numbers um starting to rebound in that area they were really really low for the first few years that we owned this place and then last year last year was our our pretty crazy spring that we uh we got into some bigger groups down there which was super awesome to see and hoping some of our management is hoping that opening up some of that cover and then um predator management i mean the coons the raccoon numbers down there are absurd so trying to get into trapping those puppies um but we're new to the new to the trapping scene but trying to eliminate as many of those as possible too so that's that's the january and february um really not a whole lot besides firing up the saws and um trying to create better habitat so we can have better november so now guys if you if you close up season and you just hang your bow up on the hook and don't worry about anything else you're not setting yourself up for the best of success the next coming season. Uh, so take time and do some of these things that, that Nathan says, um, you know, continue running cameras, continue taking inventory, start shed hunting, um, start, start some predator control to help your, your deer herds um, do some of these things to help yourself out for the next upcoming season. Uh, you'll be happy you did. Now, mm -hmm. 
Nathan, I ask everybody, uh, what's one tip you have for us, um, to make us better hunters with, uh, could be as simple as, um, you know, check your wind could be as, as, as complicated as whatever you want it to be. Um, mm -hmm. thermals. I don't, I don't know. Um, so what's one tip you have for, for me that I can take and make myself a better hunter with? Mm. I'm going to make it one and a half tips. <laughs> First thing, the, uh, the make or break on a hunt is knowing your weapon, your equipment, be the best. Uh, if you're a gun hunter, archery hunter, whatever you do, be the best at it. Know that equipment through and through whenever, like with, with all the work with new hunters or like even me and Tom experience hunters our success is based on whether we can hit the animal where we need to hit the animal. That's, that's rule number one. Second is don't overcomplicate it. Like you said, like literally get the wind in your face. That's what, that's all we did with a lot of the, a lot of the deer we had success on, get the wind in your face and, uh, hunt, have a good time. Perfect, man. Perfect guys. Go check out identical draw. Where can they find you at on social media? Um, Instagram, Facebook, they're just at identical draw. Um, and then YouTube identical draw. We are on TikTok, although all of our content gets banned literally all the time. Um, it's been, it's been a rough to get posts up on there. Um, but we are on TikTok, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's the best stuff. We've got identicaldraw.com is where you can, if you want to reach out to us. Um, but yeah, we, we try to get to our messages as much as possible. So we'd love to hear from people. And guys, don't forget, um, last week we had Chuck Adams on to announce him coming to, to the bear archery family. And uh, we're going to convene back and do an Ask Chuck Adams. Uh, so send me all your questions that you would like to, to hear Chuck Adams answer. You can send it over to me at thehunting101podcast at gmail.com. Or you can mess them, message them to me on Instagram at, at average underscore sportsman. Um, send me them on Instagram or on email uh, because I'd like to be able to ask your questions to Chuck. Guys, thanks for listening. You guys have a great week. And don't forget, uh, get out there and do some of these things that Nathan said um, for their winter wrap-up uh, to start helping yourself for next season. Guys, enjoy it. You guys have a great uh, winter. Get out there and shoot some coyotes because it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs>